Hey everybody, welcome back to Two on OSU. As always, I'm joined by my identical twin, Sam Hutchins, wearing his sellout crowd t-shirt. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a, an exciting time to be on the Oklahoma State podcast. There are no games to cover, but pretty much everything else is heating up. Transfer portal, bowl game, basketball, gosh, everything is happening all at once. And we're going to get into all of it, as you know we do. Um, but first, we, we need to thank our, our great sponsors who support our show and everything going on at Sellout Crowd, Two Fellas Movers. They're going to hook you up with all of your moving needs, something Sam and I both did. It feels like way too many times between dorm rooms and wherever. Uh, that's your go-to for moving. Um, if you're looking for uh, a site to do, maybe you're new to Oklahoma, go check out the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. All sorts of cool stuff there, and you'll get really a true Oklahoma experience at that place. And MidFirst Bank, they will take care of all of your banking needs. It's so important, um, and it's so important to get right. Banking, a lot can go wrong. So important to get right. MidFirst Bank will help you out there. FireLakeJobs.com will help you get some money to put in MidFirst Bank, right? Uh, they'll help you out. All sorts of options online there at FireLakeJobs.com if you're looking for a career change or to start out uh, on something fresh. And finally, we want to thank Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ford was so good. Uh, when we drove down to the Big 12 Championship, it was uh, five sellouts in a car, and we had plenty of room, comfortable, all the way to Dallas. They're going to be great. Um, we remind you to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Sam, we're going to be talking about uh, Texas again. Going, Of course, OSU is going to go down to the Texas Bowl and play Texas A&M. Um, it's a big show today. We got a little bit to talk about with the A&M game and even more to talk about OSU's end-of-season awards. We're bringing back the award show, OSU's MVP, all sorts of big awards we're going to hand out. Um, but Sam, I know you listened to the Texas A&M kind of pre-bowl interview. What would you think there with, uh, with their new coach? Sure. It was interesting, right? Texas A&M is in such a state of flux and Jimbo Fisher being fired mid-season uh, was the, the crux of that. But now Elijah Robinson is the interim head coach for Texas A&M. He'll be leading the Aggies against Mike Gundy. And one of the most interesting things I thought he said was, yeah, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys are one of those teams. They tend to have a lot of Texas guys on the roster. And what that means for when you're a Texas A&M head coach is you tend to play against a team with a chip on its shoulder. And that's exactly the case for the Cowboys. Uh, Ollie Gordon, Alan Bowman, the two guys that will be touching the ball the most have are, are both from, from North Texas. So that's exactly the case where um, it's interesting. And um, there's so much with, with the A&M situation to get into is there a team that's been on a, a crazier roller coaster th than A&M in, in these last few weeks where they're having people transfer out? Guys uh, that were part of this huge recruiting class a couple years ago, that recruiting class is kind of no longer there, Ben. It's a little weird. Yeah. No, it, I it's hardly been... know what to make of this A&M team. And, and it changes minute by minute. There's been five uh, Aggies to enter the transfer portal today. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, so that just shows you 
how quickly things are kind of moving. And look, the Aggies have had have had big names go in the portal. You might know Max Johnson, the quarterback. Now he's at North Carolina. Um, Walter Nolan, uh, a big defensive lineman. Uh, he's undecided, but he was a big piece. And freshman offensive lineman Chase Basantis. He started 12 games uh, and was a freshman All-American. So it kind of feels like A&M is going through a little bit of what OSU underwent at the end of last season with all these guys leaving. Yeah, I think the Cowboys, just in terms of the game perspective, will probably have the advantage in terms of the percentage of your actual team that sticks around, that plays in the bowl game, the guys that got you there actually playing. Uh, Of course, everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. and um, Even the delay, if you're listening to this right after it posts, might be uh, something crazy happen in there. But yeah, the Cowboys probably expect to have more of their guys that got them there playing in the game. Um, But yeah, and and the coaching change isn't even limited to Elijah Robinson. He's about to go coach at Syracuse, but he decided to stick around. I thought, you know, credit to him. I thought that was a a very strong character move right there for, he he got offered the job at at Syracuse, but he said, I'll I'll stick around. I'll coach him in the bowl game. And he was asked in his press conference, are you going to, you know, Poach players tell them, "Hey, come out, come out with me to New York." But he said, "I'm not doing that. That's not how I'm built, and um, I'll, I'll be fine on my own." So I, I have a lot of respect for that, and um, it, it should be an entertaining game. I think overall, just not as entertaining if as if Jimbo Fisher and that uh, number one recruiting class w- was trotting out there in the Texas Bowl. I know, just from an X's and O's standpoint, um, Robinson kind of got into. A little bit of the game, he said, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we're still mostly intact. That's going to be normal. On the offensive side of the ball, all those guys have been here all year. We're not going to run a new offense. So OSU, just from that sentence, can expect to see a heavy dose of uh, the run game there at Texas A&M. There's three guys in particular, Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, and Ruben Owens, who we'll all get into um, as this game gets closer, who the Cowboys should watch out for. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing Robinson said was something we can apply to college football as a whole right now, Sam. And he said, he was asked if there's some tampering going on, right? Where coaches were kind of in players' ears before the season in, before that window officially opened. He said, look, I'm sure it's going on. There are guys that got in the portal that made a decision right away. I'm sure they didn't fall in love in a few hours. I'm not yeah. sure when it started, but I'm sure it started. It's so, kind I mean, of one of those things. It, it's totally right. It's obvious that there's tampering going on because you're not hopping in the transfer portal and then, oh, I found my destination, you know, just by searching the online website that shows the library picture, you know, obviously. And a lot of it is, I think, unpreventable, Ben. Like, who knows what's being whispered in everyone's ears when people are dapping up after games and, um, you know, shaking hands and all that. And then with the pervasive uh, social media culture and the way to contact anyone at any time, pretty much. There's no way to stop it. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's just. Uh, but it is fascinating how maybe the teams that that don't do it are the ones getting punished. Yeah. You ready to go talk some OSU fan? Some OSU. Let's see how well our predictions aged. It's crazy how different this team was in the middle of the season versus now. And um, I'm glad we didn't ask in the our preseason award show future Texas Bowl or future uh, Big 12 championship participants because I think we both would have struck out on that. But yeah, let's get into it. it. It'll be fun. So this is our kind of end of season. Obviously, we know the Bulls coming up, but 
our end of season award show. We did a middle of the year award show and we're going to name the play of the year, newcomer of the year, defensive player of the year, best player in a supporting role, team MVP. Uh, All those are going to get named, but when we give you uh, those selections or those nominations, we're also going to present you with what our picks were in the middle of the season, which, as you said, kind of shows just how much things have changed. Like, take this, for example. Our player of the year, our play of the year candidate, uh, middle of the season, we picked uh, Cameron Epps, pick pick six against Kansas State. Remember that one at the end of the first half? It kind of really flipped that game, and what we thought at the time was maybe flipped OSU's season. That turned out to be um, a pretty accurate prediction. Um, that was what we picked in the middle of the year, but there were a couple plays that may have topped it. We'll see. Uh, our nomination for this time play of the year is Trey Rucker strip. He picked, uh, he, he got rid of Isaac Rex. He, he ripped the ball out against BYU overtime. Cowboys were up six. BYU had a chance to go win that game and Trey Rucker, uh, forced a fumble and sent the Cowboys to the big 12 championship. I'll tell you why that's the play of the year, Ben. The Trey Rucker forced fumble on Isaac Rex, that cemented the Cowboys as Big 12 championship game participants. What it really did is it made sure OSU didn't undo all of the previous plays of the year and all the previous things that had led up to that moment. You got to think if Trey Rucker doesn't strip that ball, BYU's down six. They look like they were going down to score another touchdown and walk off on Boone Pickens Stadium. Then... Oklahoma State leaves the door wide open for OU to waltz into the Big 12 championship game. And the Cowboys would have given the Sooners the last laugh. This season becomes a huge dud. And Rucker's crazy strip where his cleat caught uh, caught the knee and didn't allow it to hit the ground in time, that changed everything, got the Cowboys to the Big 12 championship. So yeah, no doubt in my mind, that's the play of the year. Where would you rank Dylan Smith's past breakup? (laughs) In the in the corner of the end zone in Bedlam on Drake Stoops. I think the best answer would be no comment. You're not supposed to comment on anything controversial in award shows, Ben. I don't want to be blacklisted. Um, that's, with the air quotes, that, that that's up there for, for play of the year. That, that's the play that will be remembered the longest out of any play from this season. How about that? Yeah, no, it's certainly, uh, it was important and will be talked about um, a long time from now. Sam, our newcomer of the year. At the time, we picked Alan Bowman. Of course, you know his story um, and how important he was for the Cowboys this season. Uh, the other candidate we want to kind of introduce into the mix, and Sam, the guy I think was OSU's newcomer of the year, was Dalton Cooper. You wrote about just how solid he was. Pro Football Focus, the advanced analytics loved him. Gosh, he was so important for that Cowboy offensive line. Sure. Obviously, Bowman, he's a little more at the forefront of what Oklahoma State did. Threw for just over 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. Had 12 interceptions, closed with seven in his last four games. So he didn't exactly run away with the award. And Dalton Cooper, man, he was a rock out there on the Cowboy offensive line. Played both left tackle and right tackle, switched around when needed. He's been great since transferring in from Texas State. Pro Football Focus certainly thinks so, 757 that was his grade overall, which was the top among all linemen. So I don't know. I, I think if you give it purely on a, on a numbers basis without taking into positional value into account, let's give it to Dalton Cooper. He probably was the newcomer of the year to this team. I agree. And 
that kind of just uh, also pl- plays into OSU's offensive line, how solid that group was. Um, you don't get a nation's leading rusher without a solid offensive line. And I think as a whole, that was a really un- un- unsung unit for the Cowboys this season. No doubt. I agree. Newcomer of the year. This one, uh, oh no, Defense we just did newcomer. Year. Just did newcomer. Defensive player of the year. At the time, it was Colin Oliver. Salmon. He, uh, he, had, he got off to a good start, but I think this one maybe changed the most out of all these awards we've given out um, with the emergence of Nick Martin and just how strong he was for the Cowboys this season. Yeah, we didn't give it to Nick Martin in the midseason. Maybe some of it was because he was in the running for OSU MVP, and we won't spoil that award yet. I certainly believe he's a viable candidate for Oklahoma State's MVP, but at the end of the year, it'd be a, a disservice to not give it to Nick Martin. He was so great for the Cowboys in the middle of that linebacking core. Um, one aspect of what Nick Martin did that was so great for Oklahoma State, he freed up Colin Oliver to make plays. They, his uh, insane range, and they call him the missile, that allowed Colin Oliver to make plays on, on, on the defensive line and just have a little more free roam. So Brian Arter was very complimentary of what Nick Martin did for other players. and. Heck, just what he did for his stats. Team high, 133 total tackles. The next highest is Trey Rucker with 94. And he tied Oliver with six sacks. So Nick Martin was the breakout star and, and the, the, the defensive MVP for this team, no doubt. Yeah. Those, some of those plays he even made uh, last week in the Big 12 Championship with the interception, he you know returned that one to, to near, nearly the goal line and he almost scored as many points as, as the Cowboy offense did for a good time in that one. And some of those tackles he made, um, just if, if you're looking for a, um, a positive from that game, Nick Martin's ability against that solid of an offense to, to go out there and make some of those plays is certainly something to look for. And that's why he's our uh, defensive player of the year for the Cowboys. This one, Sam, is best player in a supporting role. Um, if you kind of think of, of film and actors, that's kind of where we draw from for the best player in a supporting role. And middle of the season, we picked Alex Hale. He finished strong. Um, what was great for the Cowboys all year, but we think another player kind of emerged. Yeah, that's right. The two options midseason were Alex Hale and Gunnar Gundy, both viable candidates there too. But the ultimate best player in a supporting role emerged after the midseason. Leon Johnson III, receiver from George Fox. Man, a very selfless decision to burn his red shirt after Oklahoma State's receiving core was, was decimated by injuries. The Cowboys asked him, hey, Leon, will you play instead of red shirting? Will you play your last season here this year? And Johnson said, yeah, I'll do it. And he had 200-yard receiving games, finished with 29 catches for 543 yards. It kind of sucks for him. He said that he really enjoyed Stillwater, was looking forward to just having a year in the Rob Glass system to build up his body, have fun at class, you know, meet people in Stillwater. He's from Washington State, uh, not the school, not the school, but the actual state. And, um, you know, Washington State University probably feels like they missed on him at, at George Fox. But, yeah, he's been a, a the ultimate definition, in my opinion, of a best player in a supporting role. Yeah, Leon Johnson, a guy who spent some time working at a candy shop um, back there in in Oregon to um, over the summers, and 
to see what he did against Big 12 defenses, um, he was impressive. He was he was surprising and impressive, and it kind of makes you wonder what would be, what if, if he had that extra year. But it also, I'm sure, makes OSU fans thankful to look back and say, hey, like this guy did this in his short time here. Um, certainly one of the more unique stories we've seen at OSU, and um, we'll be excited to see kind of where he ends up. We should put the disclaimer. He's, I think, eligible to put in some sort of waiver appeal. So it's not completely out of the door, but talking with Johnson, he'd kind of prepared for not coming back and maybe it's uh, the cherry on top. But Johnson said, hey, it was worth it. I got to play in the, the football palace of the world, AT&T Stadium, and I'm content with it. MVP. Hopefully this is the one you've been waiting for. Um I think there's probably two clear candidates you have in your mind sitting at home. One on the defensive side of the ball, Nick Martin. One on the offensive side of the ball, Ollie Gordon. Sam, what was kind of the reasoning behind uh, the decision here? Well, I think we didn't want to lose our credibility a little bit. Ultimately, it's got to go to Ollie Gordon, in my opinion. And in in a lot of people's national opinions, that, that he was one of the best running backs in college football this year. And the stats would back that up. Gordon, I'll rattle off the stats one more time, Cowboy fans. Relish these a little bit. He finished with 1,614 rushing yards. That was tops in the nation. He had 20 rushing touchdowns and also tacked on a a receiving yardage. He had that kind of one pop-off game where he had like a buck 16 against KU. So that's there. That was an element to his game. And man, what I think, Ollie Gordon is most deserving of his MVP nod for is think about who the Cowboys turned to when they were like, all right, are we going to go to a Big 12 championship or not? In that BYU game in overtime, the Cowboys fed Gordon the Rock and Gordon answered. He got two late touchdowns. One was the uh, Superman flying, jumping over Brennan Presley touchdown. And Gordon, that's symbolic of what he's done for Oklahoma State all year. The Cowboys, since that, uh, since the start of that Iowa State game in the first Big 12 game of the year, have leaned on Gordon, and he's answered. He's been the bell cow that um, I, I hate to not give Nick Martin any love. We gave him defensive player of the year, Ben, but I think Gordon's the clear-cut MVP of this team. Well, and, and when you think about it from this lens, um, I think it makes that decision even clearer. We, we maybe had the discussion off-air, Sam, before this season began during the summer. Who's OSU's kind of the face of the athletic program right now? You know, which athlete do the students know? Do fans know? Do people outside of Stillwater know? And I don't know if anybody came to mind, right? But but now I think Ollie Gordon is that person, which kind of shows how much the the folks in Stillwater have adopted him, how much the students uh, have gotten behind that guy. And uh, Ollie, of course, helps himself out with getting into the community and getting out at basketball games, doing the baby shark dance, all that stuff. Um, The Cowboys have found kind of the face of the athletic program in Ollie Gordon, and I think that goes into why we gave him the team MVP. Yeah, if you would have done a poll for the the last few years, you've had a a guy like Chuba Hubbard or a guy like Spencer Sanders or on the basketball front, a Cade Cunningham. Cunningham. You had a guy who was going to get mobbed you know, by picture request if you went into Eskimo Joe's. And now it is Ollie Gordon in that entire university. Now he's the guy. So maybe that is the easiest lens to look at it through all this, Ben, is 
He's the guy leading the nation in rushing, and he's also the guy probably leading in, in picture requests this season on campus. So that's uh, there's quite a few metrics to point to, to Gordon's emergence, but those are two uh, those are two interesting ones. Absolutely, and if uh, if if you've been listening to this and maybe have a disagreement, maybe you say, "Man, like those twins don't know what they're talking about. They miss somebody." Um, there's always a critic, you know. Those Rotten Tomatoes they only get like fifty percent. Um, let us know. We want to hear in the comments who you think was MVP or newcomer of the year or defensive player of the year. Um, and we'd like to get your opinion. We'll, we'll maybe get into it on a future show. So thanks for joining us for this episode where we ran down our end of season awards. And if you like what you heard, then you can uh, leave us a review. It, it helps us out or leave us a comment explaining what we got wrong. Thanks as always to the people behind the scenes. Um, who helped this show run? Jacqueline Musgrove, Michael Martin, Michael Lane, everybody helping two on OSU go. We'll see you next week for another episode. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>